Thanks to Grammarly for supporting Market Foolery. Grammarly is a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, clear, and effective. Start writing confidently by going to grammarly.com/fool to get 20% off a Grammarly premium account today. It's Wednesday, October 9th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer, and I am joined in studio by Motley Fool analyst Emily Flippin and Jim Mueller. How are we doing today? All right. Mac, doing great. Well, good. Well, we've got lots to talk about. We're going to talk some PayPal and Uber. And we're also going to go to the Fool Labs to talk Nobel Prize winners. I'm not sure we've ever talked about the Nobel Prize on at least a Market Foolery I've hosted. We should. We should. And and we, we are going to. And it has some business implications. I don't want to give it away, but we're going to, we're going to be talking some Nobel Prize. But let's begin with the airlines and American Airlines and news that American has pulled the Boeing 737 Max from its schedule until mid-January. Now, Emily, the 737 Max has been has been removed from all airline schedules. Has not been allowed to fly since mid-March. So that part isn't news. The news is that it's going to be until mid-January for American. Southwest won't be flying the 737 Max until January 5th. United until December 19th. So what do you make of the American news and the 737 Max? Well, this means for American Airlines that they're going to be having to cancel about 140 flights a day on average. So it's definitely financially impacting the company, and this is kind of par for the course as we've been seeing right now. But American Airlines really can't afford this type of setback. Uh, its biggest competitor right now actually seems to be Delta, and the fact that Delta didn't have a single Boeing 737 Max in their fleet when this happened. So Delta has been picking up a lot of slack from these airlines while they've been canceling all these flights, um, and it. It's kind of adding a little bit of salt to the wound here because just a couple days ago, Delta actually closed on its $2 billion deal with Latam Airlines. That's the largest Latin American airlines, um, giving them a 20% stake in the business and a highly coveted spot in these growing countries like Brazil, Argentina, Chile, where American Airlines previously had a partnership with Latam for those areas. So it's kind of one setback after another for American Airlines right now. So, Americans' problems go well beyond the 737 MAX, it sounds like. It does. And we're talking not just about management, cultural issues, 737, but we're also talking about their international expansion. So, it goes back to LATAM in the sense that American wants to be in growing markets. In Latin America, I think eight out of every 10 flights heads to countries like the United States and North America. So, that's a huge market. And if they start to lose where they did previously have a little bit of an advantage to companies like Delta, it's really going to start hurting their bottom line. Okay, let's talk about that as we close. Let's talk about the stock. Shares of American down over the past five years. Now, the stock's been incredibly volatile, but today it trades below where it did five years ago. And when you compare that to United, Delta, Southwest, all up over the past five years. So, going forward, do you have a favorite airline stock? Well, I definitely have a favorite airline, and if anybody knows me, they know I love budget airlines. So, before I talk about Spirit again, which I will be flying later this year when I head back home for a wedding, um, I think one of my favorite airline stocks is actually Wizz Air, and I did also fly this around this time last year. Jim just made a look at me. Are you making that up? I'm not. Wizz Air is a real airline. I've never heard of it. It is. I think it's. Hungarian, but it's a budget uh, European airline. Uh, on that trip, I flew Wow and then Wiz. Uh, so 
one of those companies is no longer in business. It's wow. not Wiz, um, but Wiz Air is a really interesting one. I, I think you know they have they track really great in airline metrics, which is like the cost per available seat mile, which. I guess for Wiz is more like the cost per available seat kilometer. Uh, either way, that's really low for the industry, and so they're doing a great job just keeping up their efficiencies, being a budget airline. And as a frequent traveler myself, I love airlines that can do that on a budget. Now you mentioned Spirit. Talk talk to me about Spirit. <laughs> I can never mention Spirit on this have, show without have, coming back at me. I have never I have never flown Spirit, but I just have this vision that I'm going to get charged to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. True or false? Do uh, they do they basically charge you for everything? False for right now, but by the time this airs, it false could be for true. Right uh, <laughs> like budget Later airlines get a lot of flask because they're the companies that make a lot of their revenue from these additional sales, right? So they charge per drinks, they charge for bags, they charge for early check-in, seat selection. But if you're somebody who's conscious of that and aware of that, it Saves hundreds of dollars on your plane ticket if you're willing to give up those little luxuries. And as someone like myself, you know, I'll give up those little luxuries for a few hundred dollars. Well, you're young, okay? Yeah. So, and, that's, that's true. And I don't know how much you've flown, but uh, I'm I'm not as young as you are, and I am willing to pay up for those extra benefits mm-hmm. where I don't have to worry about being nickel and dime to death. And if the if the airline makes extra money on it, so be it. I'd. I, I traveled so much in coach when in my previous job, flying all over the country, um, and, and Canada, and even down to Puerto Rico a couple of times. And I've come to cherish first class, and so <laughs> I've I've made a pledge that I, I don't fly nearly as often, and I can save up the money. I'll pay up for first class mm-hmm. just for the comfort and the convenience. And Jim, do you have a favorite stock or a favorite airline uh, for flying? Uh, First class, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, but but I like Hawaiian and uh, uh, I like using them to get to the islands where my wife's family is. All right. Well, let's move on to PayPal. PayPal is writing down a two hundred and twenty-eight million dollar investment in Uber, an investment that PayPal made right before Uber went public in May. And if you haven't been following the Uber story, the whole public company thing not going so well, shares of Uber trading well below their IPO price. So, Jim, what does it mean for investors? What does PayPal's write-down mean? Well, we can talk about Uber in just a moment, but what PayPal is doing is basically marking to market their investment in uh, Uber. And by that, I mean they they bought shares in Uber at the IPO price of $45, and they invested uh, $500 million, so they got about 11.1 million, 11.1 million shares on that. And as of last night, those shares were now worth $30.47, or about $340 million. And so, they have to adjust their balance sheet by uh, a $161 million uh, drop. And that's going to show up in uh, earnings well be, uh, below its non-operating earnings, uh, other stuff. Uh, but it still will lower the, the net income that PayPal uh, expects to report. On the other hand, if Uber's shares ever decide to go up, uh, then PayPal will be allowed to write up this investment, which is not the same as if they were making an impairment on an asset or like a purchase. They bought a company and incorporated the entire company into itself, and then they realized they made a mistake and have to write down the value of that uh, that purchase. That's a permanent loss. With a mark-to-market loss, uh, they can write. They can move it back up if if the shares ever go back up. Okay, so it sounds bad, but it 
it may not turn out to be that bad if Uber shares come back. Right. And this is going to happen every quarter uh, with, with both Uber and with their other public investment, Mercado Libre. Uh, part of this $228 million comes from about a uh, $67 million loss in its investment in Mercado Libre. So, as those two company shares go up and down, the value of the investment carried on the books will also go up and down. And so, it's, it's going to be a thing for uh, PayPal going forward. Any analyst is going to know enough to back out those kinds of shifts to look to see what the what PayPal itself is doing. This is just another great way for people who are bearish on Uber to point to how horrible <laughs> Uber has been as an investment. But you'll have nobody doing the same for Mercado Libre. So Jim's right. This is kind of short-term market movements, and it kind of goes back to the idea of okay. And PayPal invested, I think it was five hundred million dollars at the IPO price for Uber. It's down mm-hmm. significantly from there. So is it a bad investment? And we don't judge our investments based off such a short time horizon. So why would we judge a company? Investments based off such a short time horizon. In a lot of ways, Uber, while it is an unprofitable company, it passes what David likes to call David Gardner likes to call the snap test, which is if you snapped your fingers right now and that company were to disappear, would your life change substantially? No. A lot of people's would, <laughs> and I would say the market in general would. So I think these companies actually have a lot more pricing power than they realize right now. Right now, Uber and Lyft has been competing on price for mm-hmm. so long, giving so many rider incentives that they're both unprofitable. At some point, they're going to raise prices for consumers, and consumers are going to have to pay up for their Uber trips. And ultimately, I think they're going to realize that the value that Uber and Lyft provide in society today have kind of been undervalued, underpaid for by those people who are using rideshare. And well, let me expand a little bit on my no. Uh, that's because I would use Lyft instead. <laughs> but <laughs> well, yeah, um, Lyft would then raise their prices. If Uber disappeared right. tomorrow, Lyft would have no competition. Are they going? Are they going to end up? They're going to end up consolidating, right? This feels like a serious XM. That at some point, Uber and Lyft they've got to combine to survive. I don't know if right? I agree with that no? actually. Um, maybe, and I'd be. Uh, I don't think regulators would allow that to mm-hmm. happen because they need they need the competition because uh, uh, otherwise the pricing power just goes through the roof and they'll just raise prices once they get rid of all the taxi companies. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we talk about our next story, I want to say thanks to Grammarly for supporting Market Foolery. Grammarly is a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, clear, and effective. Grammarly is a writing assistant that makes you look and sound smarter. Emily and Jim, how do you feel about looking and sounding smarter? I need all the help I can get. I already look smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can use Grammarly to improve your communication at school, at work, and almost anywhere. Grammarly helps people show their best self through writing. It's available across platforms, including online browser extensions, desktop editors, and mobile keyboard checkers. And Grammarly is available for multiple browsers. That includes Chrome, Firefox, Safari, Edge, and it's available on multiple platforms like iOS, Android, Windows, and Mac. Grammarly's free product reviews critical spelling and grammar, and Grammarly Premium looks out for spelling and grammar. Plus, it looks out for advanced punctuation, structure, style within context, vocabulary suggestions, conciseness, and readability for different occasions. How awesome is that? Now, I love Grammarly because I tend to rush through my emails. Y'all probably noticed that. I misfire. I send an email, and then I look at it after the fact. I'm like, oops. Well, with Grammarly, you don't have to do that, because Grammarly allows me to clean that email up before it's too late. So, stop making email typos, close more deals, and polish that resume. Accomplish your goals with help from Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash fool to get 20% off your Grammarly premium account today. That's Grammarly.com slash fool 
for 20% off your Grammarly Premium account. And we close with a major award. The Nobel Prize in Chemistry was awarded on Wednesday to John Goodenough, M. Stanley Wittenham, and Akira Yoshino for their work on the development of lithium-ion batteries. Now, Jim Mueller, you have a PhD in molecular biology and biochemistry. That's one degree. One degree more than me. And or one PhD more than me. <laughs> and and this is a story about science, but it's also a story that has huge business implications. Not only business, but just lifestyle implications. So, what these three gentlemen did over the years, uh, starting off with uh, Winningham uh, and Exxon, of all places, was develop a battery that is uh, has a high energy density, has, requires low maintenance, and does not discharge on its own, what's called self-discharge. Uh, it doesn't do that very much. And it's rechargeable hundreds and hundreds of times over its lifetime. Uh, these are used, um, they, they, they replace the original rechargeable batteries based on nickel-cadmium. You, you and I might, uh, you might remember those. Yep. Uh, and they, they had a hard, uh, they are basically good enough for an introductory battery, but the lithium-ion far outpaces it. And following Sony's uh, commercialization of the first one in 1991, uh, lithium-ion is well has replaced uh, the nickel-cadmium chemistry. So if I have if I have a cell phone, if I have an iPhone, yeah. then I I have these gentlemen. To yeah. Think. If you have a cell phone, if you have a computer that uh, like our computers here in, in the studio, um, uh, without without plugs, uh, uh, portable electronics of all kinds, electric vehicles, cars and trucks, uh, even uh, the electric uh, tools, the hand tools, the drills, the screwdrivers, uh, those are all uh, lithium-ion batteries uh, and pacemakers. Uh, they have a nice long lifetime of five to ten years. Uh, the kind that are used in pacemakers. Um, and but and they need to be replaced. But uh, just a quick aside: there's a uh, they're exploring uh, rechargeable pacemakers where they're using the heart's pumping action to recharge the battery, so you don't ever have to get it replaced. That's pretty cool, I think. That is very cool. And I know, and I want to let you share a quote because there was a great quote. Oh yeah. Um, about the Nobel Prize win, and and I want to give you an opportunity to share that. Oh, quote. Yeah. So one of the gentlemen, uh, a professor of chemistry from Linnaeus uh, University, Olaf Ramstrom, uh, said, "This is a highly charged." with tremendous potential. And as a science nerd, I just love that because it's two puns in the price, for the price of one. I love that. I love that. And but but when we talk lithium batteries, there are positives and there are negatives. Yeah, so the the positive is I listed many of the positives. Yeah, okay, that one flew right by me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, good for good for you, Mac. <laughs> Not as nerdy as as the uh, Linnaeus professor's quote, but still pretty good. Um, but they require some safeguards to make sure they don't catch on fire. And you may remember the Galaxy Note Seven. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, batteries <laughs> catching on fire in people's pockets, no less. Uh, very dangerous. And even this, uh, the Boeing had this uh, battery fires on some of their seven eighty sevens when they first came out uh, because uh, they hadn't. Just because of uh, the issues with the batteries, so one of the issues is that they can discharge too quickly, and you can overcharge them. And in both cases, uh, too much current comes out or is put in too quickly, and uh, the batteries heat up and then can catch on fire. And we've seen that not only not only with the small fires on the uh, the Galaxy Note sevens, but also the, some big fires from like Tesla's cars. On, uh, 
So there, yeah, there, there's issues. Yeah, well, I don't have a PhD, but I do know that anytime you put a battery in my pocket, the less it can catch fire yeah. and the quicker it can hold its charge, probably the better for me as a consumer. I think the battery industry in general has probably been really overdue for a rehaul. That's a plus. Okay. <laughs> it always so, is a plus. <laughs> so one of the things is that uh, lithium and cobalt, uh, one of the other chemicals used in the, the battery, are in kind of tight supply and getting tighter. Apple, for instance, I believe bought a cobalt mine in Africa a couple of years ago so that they could have a steady supply of the one of the uh, ingredients in these batteries. Uh, and many of these batteries are uh, manufactured in China. Uh, Panasonic is a big one. They're a Japanese firm. Uh, they're the firm that uh, provides Tesla with its batteries. Uh, BYD and, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Samsung, Nokia, Motorola, uh, Kyocera, they all manufacture batteries of, for either vehicles or for uh, smartphones or for drills and pan tools and things like that. Okay, so as we wrap up here, because obviously this story and research and the development of lithium batteries, just huge business implications, but I want to bring it back to the Nobel Prize. Mm. I'm awarding you a Nobel Prize, <laughs> and it can be for anything. What do you want? What do you want to win the Nobel Prize for? I, you know, Ideally, I'd want to win a Nobel Prize for great stock picking, but realistically, what I think I could win a Nobel Prize for is weird body contortions. I can, I can, no, seriously, seriously, I can do stuff like swallow will, my it's tongue. A, it's a new, it's a new and, category. Yeah, you it's can a swallow new, your tongue. I can swallow my tongue. It's weird, right? I can turn both my feet be all the careful, way inward. Be careful! Isn't that dangerous? <laughs> it's Thank it has. I haven't choked yet. So we're, we're filming today, right? So <laughs> it's no longer just a radio it's not, show. It's not. It's not pretty to look I, at. I'm going to go ahead and tell way. you. Anytime you have to use the sentence, "I haven't choked yet," <laughs> you, you're probably doing something you shouldn't be doing. Probably. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So for weird body contortion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then the, I'll no, take that prize. I like it, Jim. Uh, I think they're. There should be a Nobel for education, mm. uh, for educators. I'd like to win it. I love teaching people how to uh, what's going on and and uh, I like that and so on. But there are so many great teachers, and we need teachers to uh, educate the the youth of the world, not just here in America, but all in Europe and Asia and Africa and all all around uh, the world. So uh, Australia, I forgot Australia. Sorry, guys. Is it? No, can I can I change my answer? <laughs> <laughs> So there, there would be really cool, uh, not only for the advancements of uh, science and uh, uh, which is what a lot of the Nobel prizes are for, but also the advancement of human potential. I think should require should have a Nobel prize. I like that. I think I'd like to win mine for fun. Ooh! Just like a Nobel Wait, prize. Wait, swallowing for your tongue's fun. not fun? No, that's fun. So, so we could actually. <laughs> so you might have some competition. No, that's true. We could share the yeah. prize. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. It's yeah, it, it's good. But you know, you got to you got to kind of bring your own fun in life. So. Sure, sure. Pull away from my serious talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So as we wrap up, um, the desert island question is a little tricky this week. So I'm going to give you a few stocks and say if you're on a desert island for the next five years, which one you're going with? Let's go: Boeing, American Airlines. PayPal and Uber. Ooh. PayPal in an instant. Wow. Didn't even hesitate. PayPal's a great company, but you know what? I think I'm gonna actually go with Boeing. I these these are serious issues for Boeing right now, but they are in an oligopoly with Airbus, and I think that gives them a really strong competitive position. I, I like Boeing. Uh, that would be my number two choice uh, over the other two. Uh, but I choose PayPal because we're revolutionizing the way uh, people pay each other uh, moving away, as Jason Moser likes to do, the war on cash. And I think it uh, has a great potential in, in front of it. 
Well, as always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Emily and Jim, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for having me. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. This show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Matt Greer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.